Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, we're continuing with our series, and it's, it's an important series, I believe, uh, on the, the book of uh, the Epistle of Philippians. And we've been having a good time, for me, I've been having a good time, uh, studying and learning about uh, the uh, the church at Philippi, and uh, just a short review is that we said that Paul, the Apostle Paul, he was very passionate about his church, very passionate about his church, and also passionate about uh, the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ going out. And he also let the church know that he wanted them to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wanted to do that. And he said, you can do that by doing four things. And these four things, oh, what I'm saying, was on the bulletin, I think two weeks ago, uh, on the back of the bulletin. And it's always good for you to uh, review those things, it is for me anyway, is that uh, he wanted them to walk in unity. Walk in unity of, of spirit, of mind, of purpose, and in chapter 2, he said, and added of also the unity of love. And he said that you can do this uh, by being like Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ walked in humility. So he says that do nothing out of uh, really selfishness, or as King James might say, strife uh, of, of vain glory, but with humility of mind. He wanted us to, uh, to, to really regard one another more important than ourselves. And he says that um, that's how you, you love one another. Also, he said that he wanted us to uh, not just merely to think on our own personal interests, but also on the interests of others. That's, that's really love. But the only way you can do that is walking in humility like Jesus Christ. And it went on to give the example of Jesus Christ. Uh, he also gave the example of himself, Paul, and of Timothy and Epaphroditus. He gave those four examples. And then last week, we said that what we wanted to do was make sure we understood how to walk in humility. And it gave us two ways last week. Uh, Philippians did. One way was to uh, make sure that we uh, work out our Salvation with tri tri uh, fear and trembling. Make sure that we, in other words, uh, carry it to completion. And also, he wanted us to uh, hold fast to the word of life. So that's what we went over last week. Uh, did those two things. And this week, we're in chapter 4, the last chapter of Philippians. And we'll close it out two weeks from today. Uh, next week, we'll do a normal, uh, regular Easter message, and we'll go right into our last uh, part of chapter 4 the week after that. So let's open your uh, Bibles to, first of all, uh, let's go to Psalm 50. Let's go there, all on the screen, all your electronic devices, Psalm 50. And we're starting there because we said that Philippians, the main idea, the main thing is that of rejoicing, rejoicing or having joy, rejoicing. And in this particular chapter, it's no different. Matter of fact, in this chapter, uh, if you add up from chapter 1 to chapter 4, it's 16 times I count that he has said to rejoice in the Lord or to have joy. So this is serious since he was in prison. And he's talking about rejoicing all that um, many times. So in Psalm 50, verse 14, it says, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and to pay your vows to the Most High. And in verse 23, it says, He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way all right, I shall show the salvation of, of God. I believe that 
thanksgiving, praise, rejoicing, having joy is something that the enemy tries to stifle in the church or in people, period. Because most people are not thankful. Most people complain about whatever. And he says that he wants us, in the Philippians, he wants us to rejoice. Rejoice. He's in prison. He's in chains. Rejoice. Have joy to the Lord. And you're saying, wow, you know, this man must have something that I don't know, but I want. And that's what the church needs is to rejoice and to rejoice and to rejoice and to have joy regardless of our circumstances because you can find something in every circumstance to rejoice in, can't we? Yes, you can. Got one say yes, okay? That's, that's good. We're, we're making progress. <laughs> Let's go to the book of Philippians. Epistle. Let's go there and see what God has for us in that today. We're going to go to chap- chapter 4, verse 1, and then we're going to skip over to verse 10. So in verse 1 it says, Therefore, let's stop there. Therefore, therefore. Now, we know that when we're reading, you always have to stop when you say therefore, or and then. Anything that's, that's, that's like that, because if you don't know why he said therefore, you don't know why he's, he, he's what well, the rest of it is. So therefore goes back to last week when uh, in chapter uh, 3, verses 20 and 21, he was telling us that, look, I'm, I'm telling you, your, your lifestyle, your citizenship is where? In heaven. We are looking for the return of Jesus Christ from that, the same place, from heaven, and that we're going to get a new body. It was, tell, it was telling us that. And, and it says all this good stuff is going to happen. So he says, therefore. So that's why the there is for. Therefore. My beloved brethren. Now, now we remember that we said that, that Paul, he loved the church at Philippi. I mean, they, they had a close relationship. And see, Paul is an apostle, and it says that he called them brethren. Now, Jesus says we're his brothers too, aren't we? Uh, it's, it's very important to know that we're all on the same wavelength. We're all on the same plane. There's no, it's nobody on the mountain and somebody else in the valley in the church. Everybody is on the same plane. Whether you are working on the, on the, in the sound booth, whether you're on a worship team, whether you are working in the children, whether you're teaching children, whether you're a greeter, whether you are just uh, coming to, to, uh, as a guest to, to hear the word of God, regardless of what, what position or what gift God has given you, all of us are the same. There's no difference. Some people are the eyes, some are the toes, some are the feet, some are the hand. It doesn't matter. We're all part of the body of Jesus Christ. There's no gift more important than the other gift. And we know that from our body. We know that from our body because when one part of the body hurts, the whole rest of the body hurts. And we have to, we have to all, the rest of the body has to, has to pull together to try to get this other part well, and we have to compensate until it does get well. So that's how the body of Christ is. And I like that because uh, sometimes you can think you're more important than you are. Just because you stand up here and you're giving a message, you say, well, I'm the chief. You know, no, you're not the chief, you know, because the word of God says if you're up here, you're not the chief. If you're an elder, you are the, supposed to be the humblest one in this body, you're supposed to be the servant of all. That's what you're supposed to be. Jesus Christ is the greatest, and he says that he's the servant of all. So now, how, 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 how important can you get? Because the more important you want to be, the more you're going to have to serve. That's what you're going to have to do. So I like that. And so that's what he said, brethren. He says, not just brethren, he says, 
in the King James says, beloved brethren, but here says, beloved brethren, is a dearly, dearly beloved brethren in the King James. Beloved brethren. How much does he love them? Beloved. Did you tell somebody today, did you tell somebody, hi, beloved brethren? Usually we don't say beloved, do we? We just say, hey, brother, you know, hey, sister, how you doing? You know, uh, if, you, if you want to say that, but a lot of times we say, hey, how you doing? We don't call them brothers and sisters because they're not really our blood, our blood brothers and sisters. But in the body of Christ, we are. Uh, so I'm going to see who's going to say, hi, d- beloved Willie. I'm going to say to me, I'm going to say, how are we going to say that? You know? Don't say it if you don't mean it, though. You know, don't, don't say it, don't, don't mean it. But then Paul is, is saying that. He says, whom I long to see. See, he, he, he wanted to see them because he, he cared for them. And he says that my joy and crown. So, the Philippians, they were Paul's joy. Not just now, but he says that not only you are my joy, but you are my crown. Because on that day, I'm going to be able to cast this crown at the feet of Jesus. Because he's the one who is bringing the church up. And he's spending a lot of time in a church where you know from from uh, chapter one, you know that he, he he's he's doing that, and he says I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave. I know I'm not gonna die because it's to your advantage if I stay. So he really cares for this church, and he says that in this way, stand firm, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Sounds like. Uh, the Song of Solomon, does it? Beloved. My beloved. Uh, and, and so he cares for this church. And when it says, in this way, what way? He asks the question, what way? What do you mean, Paul, in this way? In the way of knowing that your citizenship is not here on the earth. Your citizenship is in heaven. You're going to get a new body regardless of what's going on with this body here on this earth. This body... Is just a body that you're using while you're here. But once you're gone, sooner or later you're going to get a new body at the resurrection. And I said, oh, yes, I need a new body because I, my finger won't be bent on this new body. You know, I'm going to have a new body. I'm going to have a nice, nice body. Yeah. Aren't you going to have a nice body? You're going to have a nice body. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Not going to have any aches and pains. Gonna be okay. Won't have to cut grass either. Well, this new body. That's all right. Now we've to cut no grass. And Becky, you won't have to cut. You won't have to cut no hedges. Up in heaven, you know, I'm to cut. You just uh, hedges. And they, they they just they just they they, they, they just like you you think about it. Ooh, I like that one. Can y'all wait, or do you can can you not wait? I hope you can wait so you won't you know commit suicide. So you know. I want you to wait. Wait until God takes you home and you'll be okay. Let's go to verse 10. We're going to cover verse 2 through 9 in two weeks. Verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. You see, he just keeps having joy, rejoicing. What is wrong with him? Why in the world was somebody in prison do this kind of thing and change all this joy and rejoicing. It says, now that at last you have revived your concern for me. Now, I'm going to give you five things today. I have given you one already. I'm going to give you five things today that you can kind of see. Why would he be rejoicing like that? For what reason is he saying, my joy, my crown. I rejoice greatly. Why would he be saying that? Because he is in prison. Well, the first reason is because of this relationship that he has with the church at Philippi. This relationship is a, is, is, is a relationship that 
it's a reciprocal relationship. In other words, he's saying that we minister to each other. And they do. He was ministering to them, and they were ministering to him. It's, it's kind of what, what we call a responsive love relationship. He loved them. They responded to that love. They responded to his, 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 his giving of himself to them, and they gave of themselves to him. So it was that responsive relationship. That's why he could say, oh, my dearly beloved brethren, you know, beloved, I long to be with you. You know, it's that, 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 that relationship. So that was number one. Number two, why is he rejoicing? But he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly. Why is he rejoicing? Because now their concern for him has revived. In other words, they had given to him, ministered to him, and then for whatever reason, they didn't have the opportunity. And so the, the ministering to him stopped. And he, had, he, he rejoiced because they're contributing to him and their minister to him revived again. And that should give him joy. Because any time you're on a, on a mission field, if you, um, if, if you don't have means, say like Jesus sent, sent the disciples out a two. And he says, I don't want you to take a money belt. I don't want you to take extra sandals. I, want you to, I don't want you to take anything. You just go, and nothing with you. Just go, and then the workman is worthy of his hire. So make sure uh, you just go in somebody's house that, that opened the door to you. And if, if the peace of God is there, then, then you speak peace to it, and you stay there. Don't go from house to house. Just stay there, and you minister from that house. And he says that... that, that, that that you'll be taken care of because I'm sending you out. I will take care of you. But he uses people. When Jesus uh, was on the earth and, and he went in his ministry for, uh, I guess, the three years he was, he, was, he was really out there ministering, it says that uh, he had a treasure. He, has a, he had a, a treasurer, didn't he? What was his name? Judas. Yeah, he had, a, he had Judas was his treasurer. And he had people ministering to him, didn't he? Women and men had people that would, that would, that, that, that would give him things, that would, that would feed him and all those type of things uh, because God uses people for two reasons. Okay? And we'll, we'll hit that later. But he, he was excited about them, their concern. It says that, indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. See, they were concerned, but they liked that opportunity. Now that I speak, not that I speak from want, but I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. Have, have we learned that? Have we learned to be content in whatever circumstance we're in? Or have we made it a habit of complaining when we're in circumstances that we don't want? See, he's learned to be content in whatever circumstances he finds himself because he was trusting in God. He was trusting in God. It says that I know how to get along in humble means. And I also know how to live in prosperity. Now, we can't do that. He couldn't do that if his trust was not in Jesus Christ. You cannot live in any state that you are in and rejoice and have joy unless you're trusting in Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can meet your need regardless of where you are, who you will, what state you in? He's the only one. He's the only one. And he can use any means he wants because he's the Lord over heaven and earth. In the sea, 
under the earth, he's Lord of all. So he can do anything he wants to do. And we see that in the scripture, and it gives us confidence that if he tells a man like Elijah to say, look, I want you to hide yourself from Ahab because uh, it's not going to rain until you tell him it's going to rain again. And for two and a half years, it's not going to do that. So you go hide yourself. And he's, he's by the lake and uh, the, the, uh, 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 by the brook chirp, brook chirp and, 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 and the waters rise up. But while he's there, he has to eat. And what does he eat? Does he go kill food? No. God sends him food by a what? A raven. A bird. Can God do that? Yes, God can do that. He can send the food by a raven. In the wilderness, the children of Israel needed something to eat. God didn't send them food by a raven, by birds, did he? He sent them food from where? From heaven. He just let it come on down. Was it, was it, did he have to mix it up? Did they have to mix it up every day and kind of, you know, put the, uh, have a, 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 you know, recipe to put this manna together? It came ready to eat, didn't it? They could boil it if they want to. They can do, they can do whatever they want to do, but it had, it had everything in it that they needed to survive until God provided something else, didn't it? How about water? If he wanted them to have water, but they, they're in the wilderness, no rivers around, what does he do? He gives them water from the rock. We know that rock was Jesus, but he gave them rock. They just, he told Moses, go, go stack the rock. And water gushed out, so they, he, they, they had water. God can do anything he wants to do with whoever he wants to do it with. If you need money on the mission field, it's no problem. Go fishing, and the first fish you catch, look in the mouth, and you'll see this is your tax money. You know, I was, I was waiting for him to tell me that when, when, when I uh, went to do my taxes. The man told me how much I owe. I said, oh, my goodness gracious, I need about a whole, you know, a, a net full of fish. To get this thing in faith. But Jesus, He can meet our needs, can He? He can meet our needs. That's why Paul could say, I have learned how to be content in every circumstance. He had a spiritual knowledge of Jesus Christ. In other words, He knew from experience that God meets needs. Do we know from experience God meets need? Or do we know it from just the word of God? And here we say, well, it says in the word, you know, it's written uh, that he'll do this, but I don't know. He did it for Paul. He did it for Peter. But I wonder will he do it for me? Experience. If, if you step out on the word of God, you'll find out that God will meet you. And that will give you experience enough to say, praise God, you know. If he, did it, if he did it back then, he can do it now. God has been showing every last one of you that he's faithful. Every last one of us, he's been showing us that he is faithful to his word. His word is going to be forever settled in heaven. Nothing's going to pass away from this word. Nothing. If you stand on it, have faith in him for what he said, He's going to meet your need. Now, he might not show up when you want him to show up, but he's going to show up when you need him to show up. Okay. So Paul could say, I know how to be content in whatever circumstances I'm in. Because he knows that circumstance can change at any time. At any time, God can change that circumstance. So he's looking, God's looking to see, I wonder, do they really trust me? I wonder, are they going to be like the children of Israel in the wilderness? Because I think in maybe First Corinthians somewhere he gave us some, some uh, example. He said, these are examples for you that you shouldn't fall in the same unbelief. Because they complained at every, every place that it got to where they didn't know where their provision was coming from, they started complaining. They didn't trust God. 
After ten times, God drew the line and said, that's it. That's it. Everybody 20 and above, you're not going in the the promised land. You can forget it because you don't trust me. I don't want him to say that about us because he has shown them, he has shown them that he was faithful in how he delivered them from Pharaoh from Egypt. He has shown us because he's delivered us from things, hasn't he? He delivers you from sin, hasn't he? He delivers you from sin. He sees you in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So we know that he's faithful. So if we know that, if you're faithful in that, you're going to be faithful in everything, God. Then it says that in verse 12, Now I know how to get along in all these different circumstances. I know how to be filled. I know, how to, I know about going hungry. Both having abundance and suffering need. Verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. He can do all things through him who strengthens me. All things through him who strengthens me. Is he going to do things that God hasn't said to do? Because he said I can do all things? No. He can do all things that Christ tells him to do because Christ is the one who strengthens him. See, he knows that if I'm here in jail, I'm here for the gospel's sake. So therefore, I can rejoice. I can rejoice because God has led me here. He's allowed me to be here. He knows he hasn't sinned, and sin had brought him there. He didn't commit any crime to be there. So he can say, I can rejoice. Um, you know, I got this man over here. I got this man over here with it. With, I'm tied between the two of the chains. I can rejoice. And so therefore, God must want the gospel to go out to these two. Right? He must have some reason for me being here. It's going to be to somebody's advantage, isn't it? Why does he have you living today, alive in Lynchburg, Virginia? I don't know. I mean, you got to figure that out, don't you? We can't squander away. The time, can we? No. He has us here for, for a reason. You say, he has me here for my job. Oh, well, he might. But not for that job. It's for what he wants you to do on that job to proclaim the gospel. You say, well, on my job, I cannot proclaim the gospel. You can't say anything about religion on my job. Well, good. That's the best way. Live it. You know, that, that's, the best, that's the best way to get the gospel over is you living it. Okay. Let's go a step further. Now, there's two. What was number one? Oh, they had, they had, a, they had that love relationship, this responsive love, love relationship was number one. Number two was what? Uh, their, their concern for him had now revived. Number three. Nevertheless, verse 14 says, Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in your affliction. Verse 15, You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. The reason for him... Another reason for him rejoicing is that they shared of their substance with him when nobody else did. That really means a lot to anybody. When you have a relationship with somebody and somebody, they just, they just meet your need when nobody else is meeting your need. Why do you think these athletes on TV, hi, mama. Hi, Mom. Who got up with them during the night? Mom. Who got up with them when they were sick? Who stayed up? Mom. Yeah. Who cried with them when they cried? Mom. I haven't seen that one yet. I heard, heard, heard one yet say, Hi, Dad. 
Not one. For some reason. And I'm a dad. It's our mama. Because mama take care of them, right? Mama believes in them when nobody else believes in them. Mama ministers when nobody else ministers. Mama and dad say, he, you know, he's not going to give me anything. But, you know, don't worry about it. I, I get it for you. <laughs> yeah. Mama's, mama's, mama's are tough. They're good. So you love mama. And this church, they were ministered to him when no other church did. Was he helping other churches? Absolutely. 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 He says in verse 16, For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. And he wasn't there but a short time. But they just, they, they just sent a gift to him, you know, more than one time they'll send gifts. And the church that he was, he was at, that man, they, they, they weren't ministering to him. These churches don't minister to him. He said, you alone, you alone, that gives me joy. Gives me joy. Listen to, listen to what it says. Verse 17. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. And that's awesome. Because he wasn't saying, saying look, uh, man, I was, I was mad at you because you used to minister to me. You used to send the stuff to me. Send me money, send me food, stuff. You didn't send me nothing in a long time. So uh, now that you have revived, I might think about forgiving you. He didn't say anything like that. He didn't say anything like that. Because he wasn't looking for a gift because you remember he says that, that I know how to be abased. I know how to bound. I know how to, in every circumstance, I know how to be content. Doesn't he? So he wasn't looking for the, the, the gift itself, but he's looking for the fruit that would abound to their account. Do you know that, that, that people who care about you, they'll care about your outcome. Your outcome. Do you know that if you don't have any fruit, that you don't, you're not pleasing to God? If I don't have fruit, I'm not pleasing to God. Because he says that, that he wants us to bear fruit, and he wants our fruit to abound. And he wants it to last. And so whether it be the fruit of our mouth, you know, whether the fruit of our labor, we're supposed to be doing good works. He wants fruit. We're supposed to be fruitful. And giving is a part of that fruitfulness. And that fruitfulness will start abounding to your account. It's like a ledger that's, that's, that's kept, and you said, oh, 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 Dakota gave. Gave some. Let's write this down, angels. Got it. Good. Good. You think that's true? Let's look at it in First Corinthians. Let's go there. First Corinthians chapter ten. Um, no, Acts chapter ten. Let's go there. Okay, in Acts chapter ten, we have a person by the name of Cornelius. Now I know you know Cornelius. He was a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort. Verse two. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household and gave many alms, alms is charity, money given to the, to the poor, to the Jewish people. He wasn't Jewish. He was a Gentile. And prayed to God continually. That's what he was. He wasn't saved now. He wasn't saved. But he was like a partial proselyte for the Jews. And he is saying, about the ninth hour, when it's the ninth hour, you know, the Jewish, it starts at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3. 3 o'clock. What is he doing? Uh, at 3 o'clock, he's praying. It says, because it was the hour of prayer. It says, about the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius, and, and fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, he said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, 
your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. I'm telling you. This man, he prayed much and he gave much. And what, 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 did, what happened? A memorial. What's a memorial? In, in remembrance. In remembrance. It goes up and says, oh, Cornelius? Look at Cornelius. Yeah, they pray, he praying, man. He pray, he not even saved. He praying. They put it down, put it down. Oh, look at him. He, he, he's giving arms again to the... To the put it down, put it down. It goes up as a memorial. And now it's gotten to the point where God says, I'm going to use him. I'm going to use him. So now, he's a Gentile. So when God wants to bless you, when he wants to bless Cornelius, God said, well, hey, let's pray for him. That he'll, he'll, he'll be a good centurion. No. Let's give some money to him because he's given so much. He might need a, a new chariot. No. What did he do for him? God's going to always do something that you have need of. What did he need? Salvation. So he tells them, okay, there's a, there's, a, there's a person, Peter, I want you to send for him. He's in Joppa. He's a uh, send for him, and he's going to tell you about uh, some, some things there. And he sends for him, and so when, 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 when Peter comes, Cornelius got all these people there waiting for him, and he starts teaching them about the words of life, about Jesus Christ, and boosh, the Spirit of God falls, and everybody gets saved in that household. Everybody. And he had his friends there. He had his relatives there. He had his household. Everybody was there. You know, the servants, everybody was in that room. Everybody got saved. And then, then you know, of course, uh, Peter had to go and explain things. Why are you eating with the You went in the house with the Gentiles. Why are you in there? Look, look, let me tell you something. God, God met him. Who am I to, to, you know, defy God? So that's all in, in the scripture there. Uh, but it goes up as a memorial. So Paul was looking for something, fruit, that would abound to the account of the Philippians because he loved them. He loved them. That's why he was glad that their, their contributing to him revived again because he knew it was going to go up to their account. Do you have an account in heaven because of your prayers, because of your giving? Do you have it going up or do you have nothing holler going up? And I say that you need a lot going up. So don't get, uh, you know, an attitude when you ask to come to prayer. Don't get an attitude when you ask to give because it's going up for your account. And you say, well, all you want is money. All you want is, is to have said, we had 100 people at prayer. Who am I going to tell that? You know? You need something going up to your account. You know, we're going to pray whether, whether you have one, two, three, four people here. We're going to pray. They're going to pray anyway, whether you come or not. And God's going to meet the needs of the missionary regardless of whether you give or whether you don't. He's going to meet that need. But he wants, God wants fruit to go up to your account. Okay. Let's go a little further. Let's go back to our text where we were. In Philippians chapter 4, we've gone over how many? What was the first thing? Okay, because their, their relationship, that responsive relationship. What was number two? The concern revived. What's number three? Okay, he, he wanted things to add to their account. Let's go to number 4, verse 18. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. Hmm. I have received everything 
and have an abundance. Now, when he says, I have received everything that, that Epaphroditus brought, and he, was, he has an abundance, that means it's over and above what was needed. He said, I am ample, amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma and acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. He's telling them that your gift to me was more than enough. It was more than enough for me. More than enough. I'm, I'm grateful. I rejoice at that. Fruit is going up of your account again. But not only that, God is well pleased with this fragrance, this aroma that's going up from your gift that you're given. So God was pleased with it. He rejoiced because it, it was a sweet aroma going up to God. He knew it was pleasing to God. He says, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a, that's a famous scripture that everybody likes. He said, well, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good, pretty good. How about your tax? Oh, I owe some. You going to pay it? Yeah, I'm going to pay it. Do you have the money? Nope. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Is it really? Why was that verse found? I don't know. It's in the Bible. Uh, what was it? For what reason did, did God put that there? I don't know. I guess it was for supply my needs. Thank you, Jackie, for telling me that it's about time for me to end. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Um, this is interesting. <laughs> this is interesting. I rejoice in the Lord that we have a, a, a sound system. I rejoice that Jackie recorded an ending to my message. Because it, it, they're given to, they, they're given to his missionary work. Why do you think we give, on the, on the, um, we have the voice of the martyrs to uh, Space Coast seafarers? We give there. We give, we give you know, uh, feed the children. We give to a lot of different ministries, you know, Jewish and Christian ministries. We give to ministries like the Israel. But if you don't give, then you, you know, and no need to, they no need to quote that. No need to quote that. But it's here, and you say, well, gosh, man, you mean to tell me that I can quote this scripture now? Because I, I give my offerings, I give my tithes, I, I give. And so you should be quoting this thing when, when, because that's what we had to quote. When the fellow, when he did our taxes, he said, oh, you owe over $1,000. What? Yep, you do. Again, for the fourth year. Okay. I thought this year changed. No, it hasn't changed. It's only going to be the same. Okay. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Do you have the money? No. Are you going to get it? Yes. I've already found out you don't mess with the government. They're going <laughs> to... They, they are going to get their money one way or the other. And if you're late, there are going to be penalties. There are going to be interest. You'll never pay them off. You know, you, you get, get into that, that thing. Oh, I'm going to pay them. I'm going to pay them. If I had to borrow from Lee, I'm going to pay them. <laughs> I'm going to pay them. Verse 20. Now, to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Number five, in verse 21. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. And all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, be with your spirit. Verse 22. All the saints greet you, especially those in Caesar's household. And you, now, 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 do you realize that the gospel has gone to the emperor's household. 
Paul is in prison, in chains. But the gospel is not chained. And the gospel, when he's spreading this gospel to the people, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's with him there, and they change those gods all the time. We talked about that. And Ned has gotten to Caesar's household. Do you know that's a reason to rejoice? That I see that, praise God, we have Christians that's in Caesar's household. You know, the, the emperor, Rome, we, have, we, have, we have the gospel going forth. We can all get excited about that. Because this gospel is going forth and it's unhindered. And nobody can stop it. Nobody. It goes to places you wouldn't believe it'll go to. If you just speak the word of God and about Jesus Christ, tell them. And this is a great season to be telling people about Jesus Christ because they're, they're sensitive to Jesus Christ when it's around Easter time. Yeah. That's why you can give out cards and people say, thank you, you know, and keep on going because it's Easter time. Don't give it out no other time, but you give it out Easter, and they'll say that thank you. I don't care who it is, they'll say thank you. Usually they'll receive it. They won't say mean things to you, even if they're atheists, because it's Easter time. I'm telling you. Unsaved people believe in Easter. That is the five reasons he rejoiced. What reason do you have to rejoice today? And let everybody, let me give you a reason to rejoice. Okay? Here's a reason to rejoice. Our church was broken into Friday. Some of you have heard, and I'm sure you passed the word out you know, to everybody. How, how many didn't know that? Our church broken in. Okay. Everybody else knows it's been broken into. That's how I want the word of God spread about Jesus Christ. You know, when somebody tell one, they call somebody to put it on Facebook, man, and all the whole world knows about Jesus Christ. Okay, that's how you, how you get the word spread out. Okay, well, uh, somebody broke in, in, in the church. They broke my window! <laughs> I come in, it's cold, man. You know I don't like cold. It's cold, wind blowing. It's Friday now. It's one Friday morning. Wind blowing, you know. Uh, my window. And they mess with my toothpaste. Toothbrush, uh, my towels, you know, move my napkin. Every drawer in my in my office, they open. They did. Every drawer, they were looking for money. Of course, I'm pretty sure. And but I rejoice that nothing was taken of value. We should rejoice because they came in here. They went down the hallway. They went through the drawers and the, uh, the cabinets in the, in, the, uh, in, in the room, but they didn't break into any classrooms. They didn't have the keys. They, they didn't break into the classrooms. Nothing was in it anyway. They didn't break into Brandon's office or, or the other office. Nothing in there anyway. Uh, and um, they opened my cabinets up there, took my sugar down and all the stuff. And I, I had some peanuts in there, man. And I said, man. Man, I got so many peanuts away, man. He stuck his hands in my peanuts. But they took bathroom tissue. They took the lotion out of the boys, the hand soap out of the boys' bathroom. They took that, a lot of bathroom tissue. And I, they took the, the, the uh, ivory liquid from under the kitchen counter. But isn't that great? Isn't that great? The biggest expense we have is my window. And, of course, I, I didn't fix the, one reason was dark, because I didn't fix the light that was over the, the kitchen thing. I didn't fix it. Uh, I don't know if you ought to fix that light. Uh, Brandon Park's right there. I said, Brandon, don't park back there. The dog, you know, park over front. You know, because it costs money for to bring the electrician over here to do that thing. I know that the lights are out about sign out there. It's been out. I know that, but it, it costs money to replace those fixtures. Not the bulb. See, it's not the bulb. It wasn't the bulb there because we changed the bulb twice, but neither bulb worked. Okay? Uh, so I said, no, I'm trying to save the church some money because it costs a lot of money to bring that electrician to put them in. Okay? So, so Friday, I called the electrician. Hey, come here. 
come fix the light, man. Come fix this light. You know? And he, he, he came and fixed the light. And he said, the other two in the back are out, too. I said, well, fix those, too, man. Fix those. And fix the ones out there because I know some people see it and I know they're going to be complaining about the lights out. Why well, they won't fix the light? Uh, and then we need to see the sign in the dog. Okay, well, uh, so he's going to fix the light. Um, but I can rejoice because Sam came over. With, they didn't steal the computer out of my office, out of the church. They didn't steal the soundboard. Don had his keyboard. We had our, the guitar was laying on the floor. I left it on the floor. Did you notice your guitar was on the floor? Well, I don't know where they was on. It was on the floor. Somebody set it up. It was on the floor because they messed with your guitar. I guess they were playing or something. But they, 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 it was on the floor. Uh, the, the police got the DNA off my window, but he said he's not going to send it in yet until, uh, because they didn't steal much, you know. And it cost $3,000 to send a DNA sample in. Um, so that's okay. So Anyway. Can we rejoice that we had, did we have services today? We had a sound system, we had a soundboard, we had the computers, we had all our instruments, we had all our, we had everything. We can rejoice, can't we? We can rejoice. Praise God. Praise God. That nobody tore up anything, because some people, sometimes people come in and, and, you know, if they, they can't find them, they get mad, they just start tearing up stuff, kicking doors in. They didn't do any of that kind of stuff, man. They were like, they were polite. They just stood there. Yeah, they were polite, you know. They just broke my window because they had to get in, you know. But, you know. Rejoice in the Lord, right? Yeah, praise God. So, um, you have an opportunity to use that scripture. My God shall supply all my need according to the riches of God. Because Sam will going to ask you to give for my window. <laughs> but no, uh, I'll tell you, God is good, isn't he? So find reasons to rejoice. I don't care what your health is. I don't care whether, you know, uh, what, what, what your situation is. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Because, like Lee asked me, Lee, Lee, Lee Chris asked me, well, hey, you still coughing? I said, well, he said, man told me I'm, I'm always cough. But I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to always cough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going I'm to rejoice. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by...